1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. mobilecom
2: And we're back chugging into hour two. It's myself, Jeff Nowak, alongside the Swiss Army Knife. Call which, me Taysom which, Hill. <laughs> yeah, apparently he's our he's our Taysom so Taysom Hill. Yeah, how about that here at WWL? And uh, you know, you got Taysom Hill would have been good for this LSU baseball game because I think he could he could lean into a pitch. Seems yeah, like no, that's what I was could... just thinking.
3: I, I mean, yeah, for the update as you heard during the sports flash, five consecutive hit by or five <laughs> hit by pitches in the same half inning, <laughs> and then I, so LSU scores five runs on one hit, and that one hit was the Mac Bingham double that scored two runs. But I mean, that's just how the cookie crumbles for VMI, Jeff. It was uh. Really unfortunate for them. They were off to a really good start in that game, 6-5 to five lead, and then all of a sudden now it's actually 10-8 to eight now. Yeah. Jeff, getting, the latest update. 10. Another two-out run for VMI. Uh, Gavin Gidry is currently on the mound for the Tigers. He replaced Nate Ackenhausen, who had a really solid performance today uh, in relief of the Tigers. I mean, Dadger Hur got off to a rough start. Uh, Justin Lower, the Xavier transfer, came in, was okay for, you know, one in the third innings. And then Nate Ackenhausen took the ball and, and took him a couple innings. Uh, out of the bullpen, he ended up going three innings, pitched three hits allowed, uh, three runs, two earned, six strikeouts, and now Gavin Gidry's in it to probably close out the final, I would say, inning in the third.
2: Do you think he's gonna finish the game?
3: I would imagine so. Try to get those final four outs, but okay. I guess technically he's already got point uh, two innings pitch in this game, so uh, he's he's well on his way to try and close this thing out. Would but he as,
2: be the closer, if, quote unquote? I mean, you know, well, right really as I no said system. it, Sam
3: Dutton is now coming in. So okay. uh, yeah, but Gidry, I think if you're looking at the roster. Heading into the season, you imagine that he was probably the guy that's going to be your closer, uh, but now he's been replaced in the eighth inning by Sam Dutton. So I think Jay Johnson's kind of playing his matchups here with two outs in the eighth.
2: You know who I miss the who who I think LSU misses in terms of like you you want that closer to be kind of a crazy person. What about ass Yes. Yes. I missed that guy. He was just a psycho. He had a right? legendary
3: like game in Omaha. I remember.
2: Well, in, he in was the, he was the closest thing I've ever seen to Rick Vaughn in real life. Oh yeah, you know, the major league. Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, wild thing. The wild, wild thing. Anyway, so yeah, we're we're gonna get into more uh, talk here. Did you see the LED court that the uh, NBA is rolling out for the All Star game? I did not. Apparently, they're be playing basketball on glass. Which it's a good thing that no one plays defense in the All Star game anyway, because I think diving for a loose ball might be like a, like a death. They're playing basketball on glass. Yes, it seems
3: it, it's like a full
2: light up thing. I think it's like they they look back at the COVID years and they were like, we had virtual fans. Why don't we have a virtual floor?
3: Huh. Yeah, I mean they've already kind of made the changes for the in-season tournament, and the courts are different and fun. But they didn't play on glass. Uh, yeah, it's I,
2: it's remarkable. I I, tw- I retweeted it yesterday. They okay. sent it out. The entire court like lights up. You can watch replays on the floor, which I my my take on it is they're just you know it's like the Jurassic Park thing. You spent too much time wondering if you could, and you never stopped to think <laughs> whether you should. Right. Because objectively, this thing should not exist. Like people just have too much time and a blank check to try to make NBA basketball the All Star game interesting, and this is how they've decided to do it. Now I want to see it happen in hockey. Give me, give me the, the LED that you that you skate on. Yeah, that I would think,
3: be uh, if I remember correctly, I think it was Nikita Kucherov and the NHL All Star Weekend because they had theirs recently. So name and drop. He, yeah, he just wasn't do like he wasn't putting any kind of effort into some whatever skills challenge they were doing, and the fans started booing him. I was just like, this is the first time I've ever seen like a player getting booed during like an all star weekend. Uh I, guess, I well, for lack of
2: effort, I guess you could say. Yeah, I thought that's what it was about. What do you mean? Not trying.
3: Yeah, no, I know, but I guess the is a little bit different during their all star weekend. Yeah. The players the players do care. Uh NBA All Star Weekend, this upcoming weekend, Jeff, we'll talk about this later on in the show and kind of give our picks for three point contests, the dunk contest, which hasn't been good in years. Uh, Jalen Brown's have a in skills it this year. Count- contest as well. And then the All Star Game that I don't know. Do you do you pay attention to?
2: I use. I'll turn it on. It's one of the you know as opposed to like the Pro Bowl, which is unwatchable. Um, you know, it's like I, I it's fun yeah, for like for ten sure. minutes, and then it's like yeah, dodgeball gets old real fast. Uh, baseball, you know, I don't know. I, I, I get bored with that. So I mean, I think in terms of having the most engaging kind of fun All Star Game, I think NBA probably wins just because there's stuff you can do that isn't. You know, like, the reason you can't play football is because guys get hurt, right? Baseball, it's like if you're not really out there with an edge, but, like, basketball, it's just the fun part of basketball without defense. The best
3: NBA All-Star game I think was around five years ago at this point, which is kind of crazy to think about, but when they had to play to a certain number. Like, they got through the first three quarters. They're still doing that. They're still doing that?
2: Yeah, the uh oh what's the name of it? Uh the the something finish. They did it for like charity, I
3: think for one Well, year. they
2: did it the year that Kobe died and they did 28 or they they did Kobe's number 24. or something. Yeah. I need to I need to look up the, the what it's actually called, but yeah, so you the final quarter is a certain number of points played mm-hmm. or points scored. So you add up the first 3 and then you set a number which is like 25 points beyond what the leading team has Mm. so for the team that's trailing to win they still have to get to that number but if you were down by 13 you would have to outscore them by 13 but it does require that team to score you can't just run out the clock which is what makes it more engaging um I you know you can make an argument that basketball would be more fun that way in general, but I don't think it's ever going to happen. No, I don't think so either. Uh, the The basketball tournament, the, there's that like kind of off-season tournament where a lot of college players play in it. They use that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's that's literally what it's called, it's the, the basketball, basketball tournament. tournament. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um, and, it's, and it's fun. Uh, like the, I think it's a good change for the All-Star game, which is, you know, it's just Damian Lillard taking 40-foot threes anyway. Right? Yeah. Like, that's what it is.
3: Yeah, so we'll make our picks for the three-point contest and the dunk contest. I'll have to look challenge. up who's in it first. But yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely take a look at it. I'll take Mac
2: McClung. He's the only he, He's the only yeah, guy the I'm confident the reigning dunk in. <laughs> contest winner. Has he played a
3: single minute in the NBA this year? I don't think he I has. I don't think he's even like – On a roster. On,
2: yeah, on a short list to be added to a roster. Yeah. I think he's just a G League guy who can jump high and puts out mixtapes. <laughs> Remember Slam Ball? I feel like he'd be a good Slam Ball guy. Is Slam Ball still around? I doubt it. I think, I think it might be, actually. Just – Playing on trampolines. Yeah, I think
3: I, I, think I remember watching that
2: last summer. I'm pretty sure.
3: So I yeah, think it came on, still around.
2: came on after the X Games, probably. Yeah. You know, back when back when people cared about the. So Mac
3: McClung, a future slam ball superstar <laughs> MVP. uh Yeah, He's a big
2: Tony Hawk fan.
3: <laughs> so oh. you know, we'll we'll go over the three point contest, the dunk contest contestants, and make our decisions and. Um, I'm not super excited for All Star Weekend just because the Pelicans only have a couple people involved. He actually, only one, with Dyson Daniels getting hurt. Uh, they only have Jordan Hawkins in the Rising Stars. Challenge. I was gonna
2: say with well, Dyson Daniels is in the Rising Stars game. Okay. Yes, so now so. but now
3: he's injured. He just got the surgery to repair his meniscus. He's going to be reevaluated in four weeks, which is decent timing given that the first week of his recovery is the All Star break. But you know, reevaluated doesn't yeah. mean that he'll be back in four weeks. Well,
2: you saw Trey Murphy have a similar injury. and he was able to get back reasonably quickly. In November. So it was a couple months for him. So if you're taking
3: the same – and I don't think that Dyson's as severe as Trey's might have been. It's Um, tough to know, yeah. Yeah, it it really is hard to know. So uh, you'd probably be looking maybe if Dyson is going to come back this year in April, uh, which is around the start of playoff time. And if the Pelicans are rolling – we talked with Chris Dodson about this. If the Pelicans are rolling, then does Dyson even – get back into the rotation coming off of meniscus surgery i don't really think he does
2: no but i will tell you that you know jordan might not be in it this year but i think jordan hawkins is going to be in a three-point contest absolutely and i would not be surprised for him to win it he's just one of those guys who it's like he can make 50 in a row if you just put him put him in a spot and deliver the ball i would love to see
3: jordan hawkins just lighting it up from three-point range in a three-point contest but Not this year, not his rookie season, but I think you'll see him there sooner rather than later. I mean, heck, with how Herb Jones has been playing since January 1st, I would have liked to see him in the three-point contest.
2: Well, that's the only thing that's nice about – I don't want to say nice, but Dyson going down does open up some options in terms of getting Jordan on the floor a little bit more.
3: Yeah, it hasn't happened, though, yet. No. Since Dyson went
2: down – He was only out for, what, two games? Willie –
3: yeah, Willie has said that he was going to tighten the rotation and kind of go down to – Instead of 11 men, it would be closer to 9, which means that, you know, Najee and Jose, like the defense first guys, are going to get more minutes. Uh, Larry Nance, obviously, off the bench. And then uh, from what how Najee's been playing as well, it's it's been pretty solid, specifically that last game against the Wizards, his defense on Denny Avilla, who just went <laughs> absolutely crazy on the Pelicans in that game, scoring a career-high 43 points. It was a career night for him. But how Najee played him late in that matchup, uh, was very impressive it, off the bench and that's what Willie's looking for out of him to be that defense first guy uh, as a wing and he already has the, an elite one now in Herb Jones so having another one off the bench is, is a nice option
2: agreed and you know Cullen's gonna have a real fun time trying to come up with a title for this segment as <laughs> as you know because we were all over the map yeah, we were I think we talked about like four different sports <laughs> you know we didn't really make a good point about any of it sorry Colin. So uh, we'll, we'll have a good time there. But, you know, we're going to go to the Okinawa Julie's talking text line. When we come back, we see Blindy. Blindy? Blindy? Blindy. Blindy, Blindy and Monroe. We'll talk to him. But we're going to hit the break first. This is WWL.
3: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
0: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy.
1: You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
2: Coming back in on Sports Talk. We're getting down toward the end. It's the top of the ninth inning out in Baton Rouge. Hayden Trevinsky put a dent in the scoreboard and LSU is up 11-8. to eight over Still the looking right for
3: now. a video of it, but Steve texted me that it was a dent in the scoreboard via yeah. Hayden Traminski's that, solo shot.
2: That is one thing that drives me nuts in these kind of early season games. It's like, oh, SEC Network Plus, where you can find it if you do this and you do that. I don't know. It's, yeah, he crushed it. Yeah, <laughs> I just found a video on it.
3: LSU Baseball's Twitter page. He definitely got all of it.
2: There's also been eight hit-by-pitches. Yeah. That's just think of
3: that. Five of six batters that went up to bat in the sixth inning for LSU – Got hit by a pitch. Is that a lot? It's a ton. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, a two-run double by Mac Bingham really broke this thing open. So, I mean, when you're playing a good team, you can't make mistakes like that. VMI played a really good game at the plate, but on the mound, they kind of crumbled once it got to their bullpen.
2: And is Dutton in to close it out? Uh, It's actually Gage Jump
3: in right now to pitcher uh, Sam Dutton. So, making his LSU debut, the UCLA Traitor, that I've heard so many good things about. Uh, Jay's talked about him, calling him one of the most important Recruits that he got out of the transfer portal yeah. this year, and maybe in his entire you know coaching career at LSU, which is saying a lot given Paul Skeens from this past year, um, and then also Tommy White when he was talking preseason about the guys that he had faced in the fall and then the past couple of weeks leading up to the season, he mentioned specifically Gage Jump as a guy that has really nasty stuff. Yeah. So I mean, I think you'll see Gage Jump probably be a starter depending on what point, happens right? and how he plays early on in the season. He is a name that I would keep an eye on to potentially enter that weekend rotation.
2: So who you think's gonna start Sunday? Um Saturday. Sunday. Game.
3: Saturday two. we already know is Luke Holman. Right. Sunday I would need to take a look at the uh the I actually thought it would have been John. Right. That's but, what I'm asking. Um so we'll you know, I'll look at the rotation and kinda of go from there. I think Jay's just trying to get his guys out there, and get some, you know I, I think you may even see Gage Jump return for Sunday or for Monday potentially, uh, and just pitch a couple innings. But he is Well, coming if he can come out ninth. of the bullpen,
2: then yeah. Like, yeah, of course. Probably won't start, though.
3: Yeah, I know that uh, Chase Shores, who was a starter last year, uh, is still recovering from Tommy John, so he's going mm-hmm. to take a while to get back. I think you won't see him till late in the season, and Jay already said that he's going to be very careful with Shores. Uh, obviously, a, a sophomore player freshman season was excellent, uh, really high ceiling as well, so they're going to be really careful
2: with him. I don't think you'll see him early on. Gotcha. It looks like he's taking care of business there. Got the first two outs quickly. But first, let's go to our Okinaw Jewelers talk and text line. We got Blindy in Monroe hanging out on the line. How you doing, Blindy You're on WWL?
4: Oh, uh, well, I'm doing fine, guys. Thanks for taking my call. And uh, sure. I'm sorry it's Blindy instead of Blondie, but probably would have looked a lot better. But anyway, <laughs> uh, for people that don't know, I, I can't. I can't see nothing, but uh, that's that's just where I'm at in life. And, uh, so, but I did want to ask you all a couple of questions or make a couple of comments right. and ask you guys what you think. Go for it. As far as both of you know, do y'all know anyone uh, applying that this wasn't a good idea to get rid of Pete Carmichael did you ever hear anybody say
3: that that it wasn't a good idea? Yeah,
4: that, that it wasn't a good idea. Did y'all hear anybody make make a comment say, "Hey, this this will be, this is going to be a, a mistake"?
2: Not not many. You know, I I think the prevailing idea was this team needs to find something new, get a new uh, spark for yeah, sure. Yeah, it's just, I, I, and I and I'm on board with that. And whether you agree with the Clint Kubiak hiring or not, I think that you the last two years you saw a team trying to be like a reflection of itself from two years ago from three years ago and you don't have the same players you don't have the same coaching staff it just didn't make sense um so now i i i didn't i have not seen very many if any uh pete carmichael stands who were who were disappointed that they're that they're moving on and like everyone
3: sense. anticipated pete is now a senior offensive assistant yeah. with the denver broncos and it
2: should have been allowed to happen like that's my take is i just don't think that you should have ever gone down that road with pete i think you should have always just allowed him to leave and rebuild the offense then um and the only reason it, it, it's like if you didn't do it the first year you wouldn't have done it the second year and it's like how many times you do the same thing. But to answer your question, no, I don't think I don't think I saw many people uh, fighting that idea.
4: No. Well, say, let me be the first ones to say, and I could be wrong, but to me, it looks like a wrong mistake, and, I, and it's not okay. because who they uh, who they got, Kubiak, I mean, it, that that's not the reason. Uh, the reason is. I thought he did pretty well for the time that he had, you know. Now, most people probably don't agree with that, and most people say anyway they had to do something and all this. Mm-hmm. But when you look at all the games schedule last year, all the teams the Saints played, whose responsibility was it for the most losses, the defensive side of the ball or the offensive side of the ball?
2: Yeah, that's a that's a tough one. I mean, I you could you could make an argument that it that it was the defense starting slow, but you could also make an argument that it was the offense starting slow. I will say I do think that Pete got more of the criticism than he probably earned, right? Like it's not That's fair. It you know, I think he was he's an easy target. He's this kind of meek fellow who, you know, doesn't have seem to have very loud opinions and uh, I think it's easy to pile on that guy. You know, the offense wasn't terrible, um, but I do think it was stale. I, I do. And, and you know, I, I just think that I want to see an offense get get started faster. I want to see a team be a little bit more dynamic. Um, they did play well at the end of the season. And he, you have to give them credit for that. You have to give the offense credit for that. But, you know, I, 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 I'm of two minds about it, right? On the one hand, I think Pete, is an excellent offensive coordinator and game planner. I just don't necessarily see him as kind of the uh, leader of of men that you need on a staff with a defensive head coach.
3: I think it's also interesting with Pete is that, you know, you say the word stale, and I think that's pretty apt. If you look at a lot of assistant coaches, you'll see, for instance, Rick Dennison. I Mm -hmm. mean, he spent a lot of his career in Denver, but recently he's, jumped from spot to spot he spent time with the texans the ravens and then the bills and you know most recently the vikings from 2019 to 2021 they jump all over the place P. carmichael was with new orleans yeah. and the saints from 2006 to 2023 it's 18 years of the same organization that's, that's crazy it, it is unbelievable in the modern day nfl
2: well let me tell you that so since the 2021 season all 32 i'm sorry no since the 2022 season since the start of the 2022 season all 32 NFL teams have changed offensive coordinators. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy.
3: I mean, Pete was one of the last ones that right. like hung on for that long. Right, he's
2: he would have ruined that stat. You wouldn't have been able to say it because no, he's been there forever, no, and he, ha- there. he had ruined it every year for the last uh, decade plus. But yeah, I I don't know. I like it's a very clear shift, and I talked about this last week. You know, one of the things that has changed. I don't know when it changed, but it clearly changed is the Saints' path went from continuity, keeping things the same, maintaining culture to get all of Sean's guys out the building. Yep. Right? And I don't know when it happened, but it happened. Because you look up and down that staff, and you do not see many Sean Payton connections. And you look on the roster, and you don't see many Sean Payton connections, or at least not, not a ton of them when you consider he was here two years ago. And, like, obviously you still have, like, a Cam Jordan, right? You still have Demario Davis. Like, guys on the defense, but on the offense – other than a Ryan Ramcheck and an Anders Pete, Eric McCoy, you know like that's that's the group. But the guys you've brought in since then are the ones that you're building with. Jeff, we've got a
3: final to report from Alec Box Stadium. Okay. 11 to 8 final LSU starts off the season one nothing, a very kind of trepidatious one nothing. It was a crazy game, uh, but the Tigers end up using a five-run rally uh, in the 6th inning to come out with an 11 to 8 victory. And to answer your question, I went back and looked at their roster. I think I have two ideas for who could be potentially starting on Sunday and Monday. This is a four-game opening weekend series, uh, season series. Griffin Herring makes a lot of sense okay. uh, for a potential Sunday start. And then, you know, Monday could be Javen Coleman. He had some starts in the postseason for the Tigers' start late in the season last year as well, coming off an injury then, and he's healthy, he's ready to go. Cam Johnson is another one that you could keep an eye on. The freshman, super highly talented guy. Uh, that didn't end up getting picked in the draft, and then he kept his commitment to LSU. Mm-hmm. So uh, those are a couple names to keep an eye on. Javon Coleman, Cam Johnson, and, um, and then obviously Griffin Herring. Now, you could also potentially see them out of the bullpen if any games get close against Central Arkansas or the rematch against VMI on Sunday. But just for starting options, I would imagine Herring, potentially on Sunday or Monday, uh, Javon Coleman could take up one of the spots. And if not, uh, maybe Jay wants to get a look early on at the freshman, highly talented freshman Cam Johnson.
2: Yeah. For now, just get some ice on those bruises from all for those, all those uh, hit, 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 hit pitches. pitches, and uh, we'll figure it out right. tomorrow. Two things before we go to break. First, thank you, Blindy, for the call. I do appreciate that. Yes, sir. Uh, and we also got a couple of texts here to uh, elaborate on the Elam ending. Yes. Which is what it's called uh, for the All Star game and for the basketball tournament, which is held over the summer. You play to a score. You don't play to a time, and uh, yeah, makes it a lot more fun because you can't just brick your way to a win. you gotta, you got to put it in the hoop. And, uh, yeah, we'll go from there. But, all right, this is Sports Talk. I'm Jeff Nowak. He is Charlie Long. We're bringing you up till 7 p.m. What do you want to talk about? Let us know on the Oakland Heart Jewelers. Talk in text line 504-260-187. We'll also be talking to Jeff Palermo, Louisiana Radio Network News and Sports Director, also the host of Tiger Rag Radio, to get a wrap-up on the LSU baseball opener. Keep it locked on WWL. Listen to every MLB game live. In the
4: deep left center field, it is high. It is far. It is gone.
1: Stream minor league affiliates.
4: The Midwest League home run
3: leader.
1: And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month.
0: Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez.
1: Subscribe to AtBat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.
2: Coming back in, closing out Hour 2 on Sports Talk. I'm Jeff Nowak, alongside Charlie Long, Cullen Steele behind the glass, and the LSU baseball team, the number two ranked LSU baseball team, closed out. And uh, less than pretty, but uh, ultimately effective, 11-8 win over VMI. And we're going to go to the Oakland Art Jewelers talk and text. I'm in Jeff Palermo, Louisiana Radio Network News, and sports director, host on Tiger, Rad Rad, Tiger Rag Radio, can't talk, and also a contributor for us at wwl.com How you doing, Jeff? All
0: doing well, guys. How are you doing?
2: Doing good. Doing good. I'm glad I wasn't one of the eight players that got hit by pitches today because that sounds unpleasant. But yeah, what, what were your kind of takeaways uh, from the opener out there?
0: yeah that was a very ugly inning uh that vm that's not going to go into the vmi hall of fame (laughs) there that that five run 6th inning i think they hit like five guys in a row i mean it was it was absolutely ugly uh in that inning but lsu really needed it because actually VMI kind of had the had the momentum at that point they they were leading six to five um in the sixth inning and then uh vmi just fell apart on the mound but um You know, I I think overall, you know, it's the first game. I I think what you said, it it wasn't pretty, especially on the mound. You you wish you would have seen a little uh, better outing from Thatcher Hurd. Um, You know, and then some of the other guys coming out of the bullpen, it wasn't that great for them. Uh, But they, in the end, you know, you saw Hayden Travinsky hit a home run, Jared Jones hit a home run. Those guys are going to hit a lot of home runs for you, and uh, hopefully, you get uh, better outings out of Thatcher Hurd and. You know, Ackenhausen gave up a couple of runs, but he also struck out six guys. So I think he had overall a pretty good day.
3: Yeah, 14 strikeouts to the Tigers pitching staff in total. Gage Jump making his Tiger debut, the UCLA tra- transfer that we've heard so much about comes in in the ninth inning, uh, strikes out two batters, goes one in and gets a save, the first save of the season for the Tigers uh, to close out that 11 to eight win. I mean, what did you see from Gage in that ninth inning? I thought he was the I thought he was the highlight of the afternoon. Um, I mean, for him to
0: come – as you mentioned, we've heard so much about this guy. Um, And there's even been some whispers uh, around the program that this guy might be your best pitcher on the staff. But he has not really pitched a lot, uh, especially in the the last couple weeks of scrimmage. And, of course, he's coming off the Tommy John surgery. And and Jay Johnson was asked about it earlier this week about why we haven't seen as much uh, of jump in the scrimmages. And it looks like the, I think they're going to try to ease him in slowly. Um, you know, there was a lot of talk about him being the potential game three starter, uh, a Sunday starter for LSU. And that and that may be the case by the time conference play rolls around. But um, since he is coming off the Tommy John surgery, he missed all of the 2023 season. Looks like they're going to ease him into into the role. And, man, he was impressive. Left hander, 95 plus. Uh, VMI really had you know no answers at all for Gage <laughs> Jump today, and uh, it, he made quick work uh, out of their uh, three batters that went up there. It took him only 11 pitches, and there were two strikeouts there, so almost an
3: immaculate inning there for Gage Jump. Jeff and I were kind of chatting a little bit about it uh, for the Sunday and Monday starters for this weekend series. I know it's a four-game set. And, you know, we know for a fact Luke Holman, the Alabama transfer, is going to be going tomorrow. But a couple names that I thought of for potentially – I know it's TBD so far, unless Jay Johnson decides that he's going to announce it after in this postgame presser. Uh, it's TBD for both Sunday and Monday. A couple names that stand out for potential starting roles for this opening weekend series. Griffin Herring uh, could be one guy, Javen Coleman as well. And then Cam Johnson, the freshman, the highly touted freshman, is another guy that you could maybe see take the mound. Uh, I think you're going to see all of them at some point this weekend, but what do you think about the Sunday and Monday starter spots that haven't been announced just yet?
0: Yeah, I think Griffin Herring's a, a good uh, possibility for that. Uh, you know, especially, you know, since we've seen, uh, you know, Nate Akenhausen pitch today. I mean, he, he could have been another guy that they could have gone to um, a, as a, a game three starter uh, for at least this weekend. But you know, especially if Luke Coleman goes out there and gives them a strong start tomorrow, I can't see how they could not, uh, you know, and if they don't need Herring, I could see him on Sunday. Uh, javen Coleman is a guy that um, was, was a starter towards the end of last season. Uh, once he came back from Tommy John, as far as Cam Johnson goes, I mean, he's the other guy that I think we're all really anxious to see on the mound, but I think that's another guy that I think you could see them be a little bit slow with as far as, actually bringing him out there um he's got all the he's got the he's got the makeup to be just an absolute stud another left-hander is going to throw in the upper 90s so he, he's a, he's impressive very very impressive uh but i don't know if we'll see him necessarily in the starters role
2: you know jeff one of the things that's interesting it was the same thing with the lsu women you know in the this the lsu baseball team you're coming back you won a title how do you lock back in and, you know, kind of treat it like, you know, this isn't, this is a, it's a new season. It's not, you know, you're trying to repeat, but that can't be the the messaging, right? So I guess what, what is the messaging? What is the kind of mantra for this team as you go into this season? Cause you have some guys who were there, but you have a lot of guys who weren't there. And so you kind of have to rebuild that on the fly as you go. And, you know, it's a long season. You, you can't be just saying, okay, we won the college world series. So we're going to rest on that.
0: Uh, I think what it is, the, the, the phrase that Jay Johnson has used is attack the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, he, and he's been a guy that's um, very process-oriented. Um, he's put 2023 in the rearview mirror. From the guys that we've heard as far as the veterans on his team, Alex Malazzo, Hayden Trevinsky Tommy White, all of them have said, hey, 2023 was awesome. It was great. Uh, never will forget it. But it's now time to move on to 2024, and it's time to – write another chapter for this team so i think that's the way they're going to take a uh, take approach to it and um you know it seems like the team has really uh, bought into that message um you know there's still going to be some struggles i mean i I, you know look at today's game i I don't think anybody would have thought especially after you know jared jones hits the three run homer he thought oh hey uh you know how many runs is lsu going to score here they'll just name their score and then vmi comes back and rallies and actually takes the lead so um you know, th- there's going to be some struggles this season but this team certainly does have the right mindset and, and I just think they have uh, quite a bit of talent uh just a-, a lot more depth from this team especially on the mound and uh, I think you'll s- you'll see that as uh, the weekend transpires here playing four games in four days
3: Jeff Thatcher Hurts performance I-, I know that if you look at his line two and two-thirds innings pitched, five hits four runs four earned, one walk four strikeouts but the way he started this game was really solid. He retired seven straight hitters at one point, and then walking the nine-hole guy ended up snowballing into four straight hits, four runs. I mean, Thatcher Heard, like, the start was solid, and then things just kind of unraveled in the third inning. But, I mean, he can bounce back from that, right?
0: Yeah, I think he could bounce back from that. I mean, heck, the guy had uh, his fair share of uh, rough outings last season. I mean, he has an ERA over five but when it was all said and done a season ago, even though he was literally like one of the top pitchers in college baseball once they got to omaha um so the the first couple innings uh you know the fastball looked good the slider looked good it wasn't uh i mean vmi uh it it wasn't like they were you know crushing them uh wasn't many hard hit balls there were kind of balls that just found spots uh you know flares down the, the 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 line and led led to extra bases um just kind of you know one of those innings um you know it, it's so in a way it's tough and and here's the thing uh that we saw you know last season with paul Skeens, he just came in the ball and it was okay this is going to be a win and he's going to go out there and he's he's going to go seven innings and he's going to give up two runs or whatever it may be and he's going to strike out 12 well th- th- that this doesn't happen all the time <laughs> so i think uh lsu fans are going to have to uh, have their expectations in check when it comes to their Friday night starters uh, because it, it's not going to be as dominant as uh, as it was last year. And I and I use the word starters because I think there's a chance that you could see Luke Holman be the Friday night starter before it's all said and done. Uh, I think he's a much more consistent pitcher, a uh, better strike thrower. Uh, I think uh, Thatcher Hurd gets the nod here considering he was a guy that was um, on the team last season and it's kind of an extension in a way to Hand it off for 2024. So, um, I thought a pretty good, pretty good start here to um, to the season for the for the for the Tigers.
3: Yeah, and you know, you mentioned the final question for you here, Jeff. Luke Holman, who's going for the Tigers tomorrow. He was quietly one of the best pitchers in the SEC this past season. The ace at Alabama with a 3.67 ERA, 87 strikeouts, and 81 innings pitch and a seven and four record. I mean, Alabama doesn't make the run that they'd go on to the 16 seed this past year if they don't have a guy like Luke Holman on the mound that they can trust uh, every weekend. And I think that Holman's an interesting name to keep an eye on. The way that Jay Johnson was talking about him, he specifically said that the weak contact that Holman can get on opposing batters, like he's not a huge strikeout guy necessarily. 87 is still pretty nice in 81 innings pitched, but he, he gets a lot of weak contact. He pounds the strike zone with a bunch of different pitches. Just what are your expectations for Holman this season?
0: Oh, I think um, what he went seven and four last year with an ERA around three, uh, I mean, I think that's what you can kind of expect from him this season—a guy that can, you know, win uh, even more than seven games. Considering LSU is a better team than Alabama, uh, has more talent, um, so I think he's a guy that's can can get you nine, ten wins potentially this season. Uh, I think a consistent guy, low heartbeat, guy is another uh, phrase or another adjective, uh, another way that Jay Johnson described him. Um, so I, I think he's, you know, the, the thing that Jay said, he, he was one of the most important additions to the team, if not the most important addition to the team, it was a guy that they had to have, um, when he got into the transfer portal, he didn't hesitate a few days after they won the college world series. He was on a plane to go visit Luke Coleman to make sure that he, he came to LSU. So he's a vital part. He's going to be a big part of what LSU does this season. And, um, I, again, I, I really would not be surprised, uh, that he doesn't eventually become uh, the, the ace of the staff, even ahead of a guy like that, you're hurt.
2: All right, Jeff Palermo, Louisiana Radio Network News and sports director, also host on Tiger Rag Radio. Appreciate the time. Jeff, enjoy the weekend. A lot of baseball to watch.
0: A lot of baseball. Got a little basketball in there as well. So thanks a lot, guys. Thanks, Jeff.
2: For sure. All right, we're going to hit one final break here in the 5 o'clock hour we're going to come back we're going to have a lot more to talk about i want to talk about jordan hawkins it's i want to read be, this uh,
3: text uh, right out of the break oh we do I we think, got I text think, uh, jeff, oh, you'll, you'll I, like this we one can for do sure. we
2: can do text too but let us know what do y'all think hit us up in the and our jewelers talking text line 504-260-1870 i'm jeff noack he's charlie long we'll be right back on WWO. coming back in short segment here on sports talk charlie Long is, is peering in at the text line. I think he's got one he wants to throw at us.
3: 7662 texts in, hey, Jeff and Charlie, last Friday y'all were talking about Super Bowl prop bets. We and I texted in wondering if there was a prop bet on Shanahan blowing a yet another Super Bowl lead. Hilarious given how the game turned out. Jeff, you and I both said the same thing. If you want to do it, bet, bet the live spread. Bet yeah. the live number, the money line. And what happened was once they went down 10 nothing. I went and checked, and the Chiefs were like plus 340, I believe, is what the number on FanDuel was to win the Super Bowl. So if uh, fans expected Kyle Shanahan to once again blow another 10-point Super Bowl lead, which makes three now in his career, 0-3 when he leads by 10 or more points in the Super Bowl, uh, fans would have had nice odds on that, plus 340. My favorite
2: thing that happened was when that muffed punt, the two players that combined to muff it, the one who hit his foot and the one who failed to pick it up, they were numbers 28 and 3. There you go. Which you can't make that stuff up. Like, starting to think that Kyle Shanahan might actually be cursed.
3: Maybe so. 0 3 when leading by 10 or more in the Super Bowl. It's tough.
2: Yikes. But all right, we'll be back on WWL.
1: We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch